Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic in the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David, and this week I'm super excited because we're continuing our deity series, specifically with the Olympian Pantheon. And this week is going to be really cool, I think, because we're going to be talking about Demeter. And I feel like Demeter is not a goddess who gets a lot of attention in her own right, but I feel like she's also a lot more interesting and nuanced than people maybe understand. So I'm excited to shed some light on her. So for those that don't know, Demeter is the goddess of the harvest, agriculture, fertility, and sacred law. She was the middle-born daughter of the Titans, Kronos and Rhea, and she is the sister of Zeus, Poseidon, Hades, Hestia, and Hera, and of course, the mother of Persephone. And Demeter is really interesting because alongside Persephone, she was one of the central figures of the Eleusinian Mysteries, which is older than the Greek religion itself. So Demeter being the goddess of harvest, agriculture, grains, and the fertility of the earth, she had cult titles like She of the Grain, Giver of Food, She of Divine Order, The Unwritten Law, The Bringer, and The Bearer. And a lot of those titles refer to her agricultural associations, but also because she was a symbol of the civilized existence of an agricultural society. And even though she's often just described as a goddess of the harvest, she did preside over sacred law as well and the cycle of life and death. And the Eleusinian Mysteries is a mystery tradition that actually is older than Greek polytheism, which might have its roots in the Mycenaean period. So Demeter was also often considered to be the same figure as the Anatolian goddess Sibylle, and she was also equated later on with the Roman goddess Ceres. So there's a lot of information to cover. So let's try and get through this quickly and concisely. So the origin of Demeter's name is really interesting because her name appears as Demate on several documents, and all three instances appear dedicated in religious situations and all bear the same name and spelling. It's unlikely that Demeter appears in Mycenaean Greek descriptions, but they do equate her with a different deity called Potnia, and there are some contrasting theories that say maybe the two are one and the same, but it's not really agreed upon for sure either way. So. Demeter was frequently associated with images of harvest, including flowers, fruit, and grain. She was also sometimes pictured with her daughter, Persephone. She did have lovers and consorts, um, Zeus being a notable one, but she wasn't depicted with them very often. Um, one notable exception, though, is Iacian, and he was a mortal man from Crete who uh, had relations with Demeter in a field that was plowed three times. Um, but of course, Persephone was the result of Demeter and Zeus's union. So when Zeus saw Demeter with Iacian, he became jealous and he killed him with a thunderbolt. And Demeter has uh, some, agro excuse me, not agricultural, she has some astrological associations as well. And she's associated with the sign of Virgo, the Virgin. And this started, um, this originates from the Astronomicon, which was written in the first century by the Roman astronomer Marcus Manilius. And we see this depicted in art. So for example, the constellation of Virgo is often holding a spica, which is a sheaf of wheat. And she often sits beside the lion 
which is Leo, which makes sense if you look at the astrology and kind of where Virgo and Leo are cyclically. Um, in Arcadia, specifically, Demeter was called Black Demeter. She was said to have taken the form of a mare to escape the pursuit of her younger brother, Poseidon. But unfortunately, uh, she was assaulted by him anyway in this form of a horse. And she dressed herself in all black and retreated into a cave to grieve and to purify herself. But according to that myth, that's the reason why in the Arcadia region, Demeter is frequently depicted with the head of a horse. <clears throat> so let's get into like kind of who Demeter actually is and what her role is. So in epic poems, and especially in Hesiod's Theogony, Demeter is the corn mother. She's the goddess of cereal grains who provides bread and blesses the harvesters. This was her main function at Eleusis, and it became Panhellenic. Basically, it became common to all of Greece. In Cyprus, uh, grain harvesting was called Demetrizen, and that's notable because it has the form of Demeter in the word. The main theme in the Eleusinian Mysteries was the reunion of Demeter with her daughter Persephone, which was symbolized by new crops being reunited with old seeds. And it was this form of symbolism for like cyclical time and eternity. So according to the Athenian rhetorician Isocrates, Demeter's greatest gift to humankind was agriculture, particularly cereal grains, but also the mysteries, which give the initiate higher hopes in this life and the afterlife. And these two gifts were intimately connected in Demeter's myths and her mystery goals. In Hesiod's Theogony, prayers to Zeus Nothios, meaning the Nothic Zeus or the underworld Zeus, um, as well as to Demeter, were what was used to help crops grow full and strong. And Demeter's symbol is often the poppy flower, which is bright red and it grows among barley, which again is where we get wheat. Demeter was also called Zedoros Aurora, which meant the mother earth. And this is referring to her giving grain. So in addition to her role as an agricultural goddess, Demeter was often worshiped more generally as a goddess of the earth. In Arcadia, she was represented as a snake-haired, holding a dove and a dolphin, and perhaps this was to symbolize her power over the underworld, the air, and the water. In the cult of Flea, she was worshipped as Anaisthora, one who sends up gifts from the underworld. And again, in Hellenic times, there was an, this association that the underworld was literally below us under the ground, which is where emeralds precious stones, precious metals came from. So there was this association between the underworld and wealth. So it's not uncommon to see uh, Nothic aspects of deities being associated with gifts and wealth and money, things like that. Um, so that was her Nothic aspect. And the Athenians called the dead Demetrioi. And this may reflect a link between Demeter and an ancient cult of the dead linked to the agrarian belief that new life would sprout from the dead body as a new plant arises from the buried seed, which is not far from our scientific understanding currently. This is probably a belief that was shared by initiates of Demeter's mysteries, as interpreted by Pindar, happy is he who has seen what exists under the earth, because he knows not only the end of life, but also the beginning that the gods will give. And again, this is referring to um, the cyclical cycle of life, death, and rebirth, which was symbolized by the seed being planted in the ground and then coming out of the ground and blooming and growing and then dying and being planted again. It's not unlike uh, the commonality in Wicca, right? You have the god 
being symbolized by life, death, and resurrection. And it's associated with the cycles of the wheel of the year and planting and harvesting and dying and planting again. So it's not a dissimilar concept. So in the mysteries of Phineos and Arcadia, Demeter was known as Cadaria. Her priest had put on the mask of Demeter, which was kept in a secret place, and this cult may have been connected with both the underworld and a form of agricultural magic. Demeter also has associations with poppy flowers, and she was even called a poppy goddess, according to some accounts. Theocritus described one of Demeter's earliest roles as a goddess of poppies. He says, for the Greek Demeter was still a poppy goddess, bearing sheaves and poppies in both hands. And again, even outside of this one uh, depiction, poppies are very heavily associated with Demeter and are often considered to be a symbol of her. Carl Kearney asserted that poppies were connected with a Cretan cult, which was eventually carried into the Eleusinian mysteries in classical Greece. In a clay statuette from Ghazi, the Minoan poppy goddess wears the seed capsules, the source of nourishment and narcosis in her diadem or her tiara. And it seems probable that the great mother goddess who bore the names Rhea and Demeter brought the poppy with her from Cretan cult to Ulysses. It is almost certain that in the Cretan cult sphere, opium was prepared from poppies. Robert Graves speculated that the meaning of the depiction and use of poppies in the Greco-Roman myths is the symbolism of the bright scarlet color signifying the promise of resurrection after death. And we have this reference and this um, synchronization with Demeter and other earth goddesses, right? Rhea was a titan goddess of fertility and motherhood and the earth. It's kind of a role that she inherited from Gaia. And Rhea was the mother of many of the Olympians, right? And then even before that is, of course, Gaia herself. And then Demeter was also considered an earth goddess. So there's some scholarly debate that still is taking place about whether or not Demeter may even just be a continuation of those same goddesses. So there are many other functions and titles of Demeter and her epithets show her many various religious functions. She was the corn mother who blessed the harvesters. Some cults interpreted her as mother earth. Demeter may even be linked to goddess cults of Minoan Crete and embody aspects of a pre-Greek mother goddess. It's uh, it is possible that the title Mistress of the Labyrinth, which appears in the inscription, belonged originally to Sito, which means she of the grain. The great mother Demeter in the Lucinian mysteries, this title was kept by her daughter Persephone, who was called Cori or Despoina. However, there's no evidence that the name Potnia in Ulysses was originally Demeter, but it is a theory. Some other notable epithets of Demeter include Aganipi, which means the mare who destroys peacefully, Potnia, meaning mistress, and this is referred to in the Homeric hymns of Demeter, and Hera especially, but also Artemis and Athena are also addressed as Poitnia. Despoinia, meaning mistress of the house, is a Greek word similar to the Mycenaean word Potnia, and this title was also applied to Persephone, Aphrodite, and Hecate. Dismophoros, which means giver of customs or legislator, and it's a role that links her to the even more ancient goddess Themis, derived from Thismos, the unwritten law, and this title was connected with Thesmophoria, a festival of secret women-only rituals in Athens that was connected with marriage rites. But it's important to note here that this link with Themis is significant because we have Demeter having this association as being a symbol of secret law. She's a symbol of modern agricultural civilized society. And Themis was the titan goddess of 
law. So it's it's notable, it's significant that they have become equated in this way. Another epithet of Demeter is Arinus, which means implacable, with a function similar to the avenging spirit or justice, the goddess of moral justice based on custom rules who represents divine retribution, and the Arinus, female ancient Nothic deities of vengeance. She was also called Chloe, which means the green shoot, that is, invokes her powers of ever returning fertility. And then Europa, which means broad face or eyes. And she was the nurse of Trophinios, to whom a Nothic cult and oracle was dedicated. And Demeter also may be invoked in the guises of Malifros, meaning apple bearer or sheep bearer. She may be called Lucia, meaning bathing, or Thermacia, meaning warmth, or Achaea, the name by which she was worshipped at Athens. The worship of Demeter is very significant, and uh, it actually is a lot more nuanced and in-depth than many of the other Olympians. So the earliest recorded worship of a deity that's possibly equivalent to Demeter is found in Mycenaean Greek tablets from about 1400 to 1200 BCE on the Pylos. The tablets describe the worship of the two queens and the king, which may be related to Demeter, Persephone, and Poseidon. An early name which may refer to Demeter, Sitopotnia, appears in Linear B's inscriptions found at Mycenae and Pylos. In Crete, Poseidon was often given the title of Lanax, and his role as king of the underworld, and his title Anistiona indicates his underworld aspect. In the cave of Amnisos, Anisidon is associated with the cult of Lithia, who is the goddess of childbirth, who was involved with the annual birth of a divine child. And during the Bronze Age, a goddess of nature dominated both in Minoan and Mycenaean cults, and Wanax was her male companion in the Mycenaean cults. Elements of this early form of worship survived in the Lucinian cults, where the following words were uttered, Mighty Poitnia for a strong son. Tablets from Pylos record sacrificial goods destined for two queens and Poseidon, called Two Queens and the King. The two queens may be related with Demeter and Persephone, or may be their precursors, goddesses who were no longer associated with Poseidon in later periods. Major cults to Demeter are known at Ulysses and Attica, Hermion and Crete, Megara, Sile, Lerna, Agilia, Monithia, Corinth, Delos, Priene, and many other places in Macedonia, as well as throughout mainland Greece and in Sicily. In ancient Amphictyony, probably the earliest center cult of Demeter, was in Athens, and there was also another notable location in Thessaly. And after the first sacred war, the Anthelian body was known thenceforth as the Delphic Amphictyony. And Demeter of Mycia had a seven-day festival that was celebrated in Arcadia. Pausanias passed the shrine to Demeter at Mycia on the road from Mycenae to Argos, but all he could draw out to explain the archaic name was a myth of Eponymus Mycias, who had venerated Demeter. So it's kind of unknown about the origins of that cult in particular. So Demeter had two major festivals associated with her sacred mysteries. Her Thesmophoria festival, which was celebrated in the middle of October, was for women only, and her Eulicinian mysteries were open to initiates of any gender or any social class. And at the heart of both festivals were myths concerning Demeter as the mother and Persephone as her daughter. And like most figures from any type of pantheon or mythology, she has become associated with other goddesses. So in the Roman period, Demeter became conflated with the Roman agricultural goddess Ceres under the Interpretatio Graeca, which basically just means 
is a Latin term referring to the Greek influence of other places. The worship of Demeter was formally merged with that of Ceres around 205 BCE, along with the righteous Graecus Ceres, a Greek-inspired form of cult as part of Rome's general religious recruitment of deities as allies against Carthage towards the end of the Second Punic War. Um, and that, that was a common practice for Rome because part of the way they would conquer is they would actually appropriate the deities of other places. And it was almost like an intimidation tactic. It's like, we had your gods now as well. And it's, it's kind of scary to think about. But this particular cult originated in South Italy and was probably based on Thesmophoria, a mystery cult dedicated to Demeter and Persephone as mother and maiden. It arrived along with its Greek priestesses who were granted Roman citizenship so they could pray to the gods with a foreign and external knowledge but with a domestic and civil intention. This new cult was installed in the already ancient temple of Ceres, Liber, and Libera, Rome's Aventine patrons of the plebs or common people from around the 3rd century BCE. Demeter's temple, Enya, in Sicily was acknowledged as Ceres' oldest, most authoritative cult center, and Libera was recognized as Prosperina, who herself was a Roman equivalent to Persephone. Their joint cult recalls Demeter's search for Persephone after the latter's abduction into the underworld by Hades. At the Aventine, the new cult took its place alongside the old. It made no reference to Liber, whose open and gender-mixed cult continued to play a central role in plebeian culture as a patron and protector of the rights of common people and their values and freedoms. The exclusively female initiates and priestesses of this new Greek style of mysteries of Ceres and Prosperina were expected to uphold Rome's traditional patrician-dominated social hierarchy and traditional morality. Unmarried women should emulate the chastity of Prosperina, the maiden, and married women would seek to emulate Ceres, the devoted mother. Their rights were intended to secure a good harvest and increase the fertility of those who partook in the mysteries. And beginning in around the 5th century BCE in Asia Minor, Demeter was also considered equivalent to the Phrygian goddess Cybele. Demeter's festival of Thosmophrina was popular throughout Asia Minor, and the myth of Persephone and Adonis in many ways mirrors the myth of Cybele and Attis. Some later antique resources syncretize several great goddess figures into one deity, and the Platonist philosopher Apuleius wrote in the late 2nd century identifying Ceres with Isis, having her declare, I, the mother of the universe, mistress of all the elements, firstborn of the ages, highest of the gods, queen of the shades, first of those who dwell in heaven, representing in one shape all gods and goddesses. My will controls the shining heights of heaven, the health-giving sea winds, and the mournful silences of hell. The entire world worships my single godhead in a thousand shapes, with diverse rites, and under many different names. The Phrygians, the firstborn of mankind, call me Penustentian, the mother of the gods. The ancient Lucinians, Akatian Ceres, and the Egyptians, who excel in ancient learning, honor me with the worship which is truly mine, and call me by my true name, Queen Isis. So let's talk about the actual mythology of Demeter. Some of the earliest accounts of Demeter's relationships to other deities come from Hesiod's Theogony. In it, Demeter is described as the daughter of Cronos and Rhea, as are many of the Olympians. Demeter's most well-known relationship is with her daughter, Persephone, the queen of the underworld. Both Homer and Hesiod describe Persephone as the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, though no myths exist describing her conception or her birth specifically. The exception is a fragment of the lost Orphic Theogony, which preserves part of a myth in which Zeus mates with his mother, Rhea, in the form of a snake, explaining the origin of the symbol on Hermes' staff. 
Their daughter is said to be Persephone, whom Zeus in turn mates with to conceive Dionysus. According to the Orphic fragments, after coming the mother of Zeus, she was formerly Rhea, who had become Demeter. And again, here's we have this kind of gray overlapping territory that perhaps Demeter is Rhea, is Gaia, but there's not really a like-mindedness about those theories among scholars. So before her abduction by Hades, Persephone was known as Kore, which means maiden. And there is some evidence that the figures of Persephone, queen of the underworld, and Kore, daughter of Demeter, were originally considered separate goddesses. However, they must have become conflated with each other by the time of Hesiod in the 7th century BCE. Demeter and Persephone were often worshipped together and were often referred to by joint cultic titles. In their cult at Ulysses, they were simply referred to as the goddesses, often distinguished by the older and the younger. In Rhodes and Sparta, they were worshipped as the Demeters. In the Thesmophoria, they were known as the legislators. In Arcadia, they were called the great goddess and the mistresses. In Mycenaean Pelos, Demeter and Persephone were called the queens. Both Homer and Hesiod, writing about 700 BCE, described the agricultural hero Aesion as a consort of Demeter. And according to Hesiod, they had intercourse in a plowed field that was plowed three times. And Demeter gave birth to two sons, Philomelus and Plautus. According to Diodorus Siculus, written in the first century BCE, Demeter and her husband Zeus were also the parents of Dionysus. Diodorus described the myth of Dionysus' double birth, once from the earth, meaning Demeter, and once from the vine. Diodorus also relates a version of the myth to Dionysus' destruction by the Titans, who boiled him, and how Demeter gathered up his remains so that he could be born again a third time. Diodorus states that Dionysus' birth from Zeus and his older sister Demeter was somewhat of a minority belief, possibly via conflation of Demeter with her daughter Persephone, because most sources agree that the parents of Dionysus were Zeus and Persephone. In Arcadia, a major Arcadian deity known as Dysboinia was said to be the daughter of Demeter and Poseidon. According to Pausanias, the myths told that during her search for Persephone, Poseidon pursued her. Demeter turned into a horse to avoid him, but he turned into a stallion and mated with her, resulting in the birth of the horse god Arion. Pausanias stated that some traditions held that the offspring of Poseidon and his sister Demeter was not a horse, but it was a different goddess whose name they are not allowed to divulge. So probably the most famous account of Demeter is her role in the story of the abduction of Persephone. And as of most of us know, of course, Demeter's daughter Persephone was abducted into the underworld by Hades, who had received permission from Zeus to take her as his bride. Demeter searched for her ceaselessly, preoccupied with loss and grief. The seasons halted, living things ceased their growth, and they began to die. Faced with the upcoming extinction of all life on Earth, Zeus sent his messenger Hermes to the underworld to bring Persephone back. Hades agreed to release her if she had eaten nothing while in his realm but Persephone had eaten a small number of pomegranate seeds. This bound her to Hades and the underworld for certain months of every year, either the dry Mediterranean summer when plant life is threatened by drought, or by some accounts, possibly autumn or winter. There are several variations in the basic myth, and the earliest account in the Homeric hymn to Demeter relates that Persephone is secretly slipped a pomegranate seed by Hades, but in Ovid's version, Persephone willingly and secretly eats the seeds, thinking to deceive Hades, but is discovered and is forced to stay in the underworld. Contrary to popular perception, 
Persephone's time in the underworld does not correspond with the unfruitful seasons of the Greek calendar, nor with her return to the upper world in springtime. Demeter's descent to retrieve Persephone from the underworld is also connected to the Eleusinian mysteries. The myth of the capture of Persephone seems to predate the Greek pantheon itself. In the Greek version, plotos, meaning wealth, represents the wealth of the corn that is stored underground in silos and ceramic jars. Similar subterranean pithoi were used in ancient times for funerary practices. At the beginning of the autumn, when corn of the old crop is laid on the field, she ascends and is reunited with her mother, Demeter. For at this time, the old crop and the new seeds meet together. According to the personal mythology of Robert Graves, Persephone is not only the younger self of Demeter, she is in turn one of the three forms of the triple goddess, Kore or Persephone, being the youngest, the maiden, signifying green and young grain. Persephone, in this form, in the middle, is the nymph, signifying the ripe grain waiting to be harvested. And Hikatsi, the eldest of the three, is the crone, the harvested grain, which to a certain extent reduces the name and the role of Demeter. And before her abduction, she is called Kore, and once taken, she becomes Persephone. So Demeter's search for her daughter took her to a place of Celius, the king of Eleusius in Attica. She assumed the form of an old woman and asked him for shelter. He took her in to nurse Demophon and Triptolemus, his sons, by Queen Metaneria. To reward his kindness, she planned to make Demophon immortal. She secretly anointed the boy with ambrosia and laid him in the flames of the hearth to gradually burn away his mortal self. But Metaneria walked in and saw her son in the fire and screamed in fright. Demeter abandoned the attempt. Instead, she sought Triptolemus, the secrets of agriculture, and he in turn taught them to anyone who wished to learn them. And this is how humanity is said to have learned how to plant, grow, and harvest grain. The myth has several versions, and some are linked to figures such as Ulysses, Rerus, and Troculus. The Demophon element may be based on a folktale that's earlier than all of those. So, we've talked a little bit now about Arcadia and how Demeter's figure and character is different here. Because in Arcadia, which is now what we would call Southern Greece, the major goddess Despoina was considered to be the daughter of Demeter and Poseidon. In associated myths, Poseidon represents the river spirit of the underworld, and he appears as a horse, as often happens in European folklore. The myth describes how he pursued Demeter, who hid among him in the horse stables of King Onkyos. But even in the form of a mare, she could not conceal her divinity. So in the form of a stallion, Poseidon captured her and assaulted her. Demeter was, of course, furious at the assault, and in this form she became known as Demeter Envious. Her anger at Poseidon drove her to dress in all black and retreat in a cave in order to grieve and purify herself, an act which caused a famine across the world. Demeter's absence caused the death of crops, of livestock, and eventually of the people who depended on them. Demeter washed away her, river, her anger at the river Ladon, becoming Demeter Lucia, which means Demeter that bathed. In her alliance with Poseidon, she was the earth who bore plant, seed, and beast and could therefore assume the shape of an ear of corn or a mare. She had one daughter, Despoina, whose name should not be uttered outside the Arcadian Mysteries, and a horse named Arion with a black mane and tail. And this story is notable because it varies so significantly from every other account of Demeter. Pretty much in every other version of the myth, it's consistent. There are going to be some minor variations, of course, but in pretty much every other version of the story, she is the lover of Zeus, and she 
for one daughter, Persephone. And she took on a lover, a mortal man, who Zeus killed in a rage. But particularly in the south of Greece and Arcadia, there was this very unique association of Demeter with horses and Poseidon and the underworld. But I hope this was interesting. I hope you learned something new about Demeter. I hope you've come to appreciate her in a new way. That's all I have for you this week, and I will see you all next time.